I think there was an atmosphere that was created where like, you don't want to be the person that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Or like, you don't want to be the person that is, oh no, I'm good. Cause there's so much guilt in organizing where like, you have to be working all of the time or else if this happens to somebody, that's your fault. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, if this happens, you weren't there. Oh, now we have to, so you're always on mm -hmm. go, always saying something. You already know, it's your girl Naira and this is Shit Talk. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shit Talks. Um, I've got a super awesome, amazing, oh my goodness, if I sat here and gassed our guest today, I would be here until the sunset, and then I would have to spend a night and wake up in the morning and keep going. I'm gonna let her tell y'all who she is, but first, what we're talking about today is um, burnout, specifically as someone who started organizing in your teens, and just what that feels like and how that manifests in your adulthood. So. We're going to get right into it, but first, who are you? My name's Alicia, everyone. Um, I'm a multidisciplinary artist and freedom fighter from the south side of Chicago. And yeah, just, that's it. Yeah, I'll yeah. just say that. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> the list is long. Um, right, that's why I'm stopping now. <laughs> um, so tell me, like, what you do for work now. Like, not for work, but like, what do you do now? Like, what do you be up to presently? Right now, I'm really focused on pursuing arts again. I took a really long break from everything art-wise, from poetry, acting, theater, visual art, and I was really focused in organizing spaces. And so now, besides like a regular nine to five, I'm just super focused on just like getting back into that artist journey of mine. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah, that's beautiful. I also love that for you, um, especially just knowing like how consuming like existing can be we forget that like the things that brought us into a lot of these spaces are what we do for fun and like what we do as passions so that being said though who were you when you were 16 right like describe who that person was back then let me get a drink of water before you get started alicia at 16 i was very wild um i was very carefree sometimes i miss that aspect i think sometimes our teenage self sometimes we're like oh I was so like this, but I was very carefree at that age. Nothing really, I didn't have really any insecurities about like how I was viewed in the world, mm -hmm. but that also put me in positions where like I should have kept my mouth shut sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was not as mature in that sense, uh, but I definitely was super like radical to the core, mm -hmm. like front of the protest, yelling in everybody's face. Mm -hmm. And that was a moment, that was a time, but I definitely have just been, because of life experience, have matured, but I still kind of keep that 16-year-old fire inside of me sometimes when it's needed. Yeah. And she was a moment. At yeah, that, time. Like, that is so <laughs> I real. Her. The carefreeness is real because I was doing any and everything. I did not get, not afraid of anything. It's like how toddlers, like, you ain't never fell and bust your ass before, so you don't really care about, like, the possibility of busting your ass. Yeah. That's real. So when did you start doing organizing work? So I started through poetry, mm. actually. Uh, I did uh, for young struggling authors. I did like a lot of their poetry programming, and through that, I've always naturally written about like I wouldn't say social justice, but I just wrote about my identity as a black woman, mm -hmm. and that's kind of like inherently I'm speaking to a lot of different movement work based mm -hmm. kind of ideas, and I would perform for the competition, mm -hmm. but of course, you know, everybody in the city would come to stuff, and so people would see the poems I would do. 
and they would ask me to, to perform at like different actions or events. Mm. So I started going to events by doing poetry, mm. which was like very fun for me. I, I've never really gone to like the big, big protest I went to was, of course, like when Donald Trump and that was kind of like my experience of like being downtown and we shut downtown. It was like streets blocked mm. off. And so yeah. that really kind of like riled me up. So when I was going to more actions to do poetry, I kind of just felt, I don't know, I felt kind of like at home, like to mm. be around people who were caring about the same topics that I was caring about mm. and also taking it from like an artistic lens too by doing poetry, dance, whatever the case may be. So I got into organizing work through poetry because that was kind of like my entry, entry way through the door for that. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's really interesting to think about too because I feel like a lot of artists and a lot of like poets, especially mm -hmm. here in Chicago, are quite radical. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I mean, you know, art is expression, right? And so mm -hmm. I feel like the people who want to express the most are also the people who are like, the hell is going on in this motherfucker? Right. Like, what is mm -hmm. actually going on? So that's very real. Um, I also didn't know that's exactly how it started. So yeah. that's good to know. <laughs> um, so do you feel like you talked about um, being in the front and, you know, yelling in people's faces and being like super active and super carefree? Do you also feel like folks adultified you at all in these organizing spaces? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. As a black woman. As a, as a black, <laughs> let me also add that one in too. Yeah. I think it's natural. I think in any space where you are younger or the youngest and there are people who are years older than you and it's kind of like that dynamic of like leader and follower, mm. adultification always happens. Mm. I think that... Yeah. <laughs> Dotification has always happened. I think even if it's not intentional, I think sometimes people don't know how to create spaces where there's actually a healthy dynamic for older people to actually give space to younger people to mm -hmm. grow, to make mistakes. A lot of it is very much so like, you've in the front and that's the picture, but really mm -hmm. it's 20 million adults behind you telling you what to do yeah. or not letting you do certain things or putting you in dangerous positions because they know that you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, but they so, know what's but going on. They know what's going on, so mm -hmm. they're going to do it because they, they want the young person that's, like, ready to go, isn't going to mm -hmm. ask any questions. They want to, you know, especially when we're younger at that age, even just in life in general, we always want to be, I can do it. No, I can do it the best. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need rest. I don't need to say no to stuff. And adults who know that you are the faces that are going to make people care about something, they're like, oh, like, you want to keep going? Go. Don't take any breaks. Yeah. No, no, go. Like, you do <laughs> it. So I definitely think that does happen, even if it's not on, like, some, the adults are being, like, evil and they're trying to, like, plan stuff. Yeah. I just think it, it happens unintentionally or intentionally in a lot of spaces. That's so real. I also feel like, you know, the interesting thing about not only, like, considering like the art scene but also even the organizing spaces that like you can know a person is like young but like maybe you don't even know exactly like exactly you might be like mm -hmm. exactly and people might not even take the time to ask like you might be like I thought you was 24 this whole, whole time, time like whole time that still, exactly like, still in high school. <laughs> why did you think that, exactly <laughs> like what do right. you mean <laughs> um that's so real so how do you think like organizing or starting organizing at a young age impacted the way you viewed the world like I feel like in my adulthood, I've had to um, rediscover optimism because I was just like, you know, being surrounded like mentally by like the circumstances of things makes you be like, the world is a dark chasm that needs to like die by fire. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that starting so young, you know, like I said, it's that joy and that fire that's in you at that point because you're so young. You're like, I want to protest here and mm -hmm. go here. 
And it also makes you just never stop mm -hmm. because you are so young and you do feel like I can just do this every single day. And I think now being older and also just looking back at stuff, I'm just like, wow, it took me so long to, one, recover from the years of organizing at that young age. And it also kind of makes you lose a bit of yourself. Like this mm -hmm. past year, I just kind of took a break from life and everything. And I had to like rehumanize myself because organizing mm -hmm. work at that young age definitely like dehumanized me in multiple different ways. Mm -hmm. I lost a really big chunk of who Alicia was outside of organizing. And it was always this attachment of like, Alicia the organizer or mm -hmm. Alicia the activist, even I would go to events and spaces and if people would see me there, <clears throat> mind you, I could just be going to an action. Mm -hmm. They would see me, oh, and we're going to have Alicia come and speak or Alicia come and perform. And I'm like, um, I didn't really ask. I was, to, I was actually just walking past. <laughs> I didn't really ask to do any of that for <laughs> like, sure. But yeah. it definitely, I would agree with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Working for so long and especially in Chicago and I think, you know, 2016 to like 2020, 2021, it was a lot of L's, mm -hmm. a lot of losses, a mm -hmm. lot of just kind of like defeat. And we didn't really all the time see like triumph in a way of like, okay, like I can rest and be okay. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, we got this one little thing, but now it's months mm -hmm. of having to be back out. So it definitely makes you feel defeated, makes you feel very like hopeless and like cynical in a kind of a way. Mm -hmm. And like having to, overcome that and take that break and not be in the lane of an organizer of oh well I have to figure this problem out and fight this and fight this and whole time like you're not even taking care of yourself mm -hmm. or your mental so I definitely agree with you on now looking back and being older I really have had to detach the organizer and just become like Alicia again which I think was something I was losing doing organizing work at such a young age because that just becomes an identity and mm -hmm. people identify you as that yeah. <laughs> and they don't separate that from you as well so it's hard to do that yourself yeah that's yeah. so real but that's so real that's very real um and I think that sucks especially because when you're at that age you're still finding yourself mm -hmm. and it's hard to actually find yourself when people are like telling you who you are what you are who you are exactly right? what mm -hmm. you're gonna do what it is that you are important for like why you right. are important in their opinion and I think that like it's not as if, you know, you were forced to do organizing work. Like, that was a part of your identity. Right. But it's like, okay, but is this the only thing that I am or the mm -hmm. only reason why folks, like, find value in the work that I'm doing? Um, it was also weird for me that, like, at a point in time, um, folks didn't know that I made art. Like, mm -hmm. folks didn't know that I was, like, a poet. Like, it was, mm -hmm. like, the only gigs I would get hired for for a stretch of time was, like, come speak at this thing or do this right. panel. And I was like, y'all don't need a little poem or something? Y'all want a little I recently yeah. told someone that I like creative director. I was like, oh yeah, I can creative direct your music video. And he was like, I thought you just, okay, he's like, he's like, how do you know about no, that? No. I was like, I have a film I'm degree. A yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's very real. Um, so you talked about taking that time off recently. Um, do you feel burnt out? Like, why do you feel like you need to take that time off? Absolutely. I feel extremely burnt out. Mm -hmm. I was very just like, and I, I'm somebody where <clears throat> life has to literally, you know, like the tower card in tarot, mm -hmm. like life literally just has to like crumble and fall mm -hmm. apart. Cause I will say yes to everything, especially at that age. I was still very much so trying to, I don't know. I, I was being adultified by people. And then also I think because of that, I was also like adultifying myself. Trying to live up to this. I was like, okay, like yeah. everyone wants me to act like this, so I'm gonna act like this all the time. I'm mm -hmm. gonna say yes, 
yes, I'll be a leader. Yes, I'll do this. You know, I think all the time, like 16, 21, and in all the spaces I've been in, I've never been a young person. Mm. I've always been somebody that's leading this, teaching this, facilitating this, mm. leader of this thing. And I'm just like, dang, like, yeah. <laughs> can I sit on the other side for once mm. and be the person that's receiving the information? So I definitely was extremely burnt out mm -hmm. every space I was in. And to my own fault, I, you know, I'm never somebody that can't take accountability. There are times where I could have been like, no, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. But I think there was an atmosphere that was created where like, you don't want to be the person that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Or like, you don't want to be the person that is, oh, no, I'm good. Because mm -hmm. there's so much guilt in organizing where like, you have to be working all of the time. Or else, if this happens to somebody, that's your fault. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, if this happens, you weren't there. Oh, now we have to. So you're always on mm -hmm. go, always saying something. And so for me, people talk about like, Oh, you have to make sure you're resting, take a nap. Mm -hmm. If I'm waking up and I got the same schedule the next day, that's not, the nap yeah. yesterday's not helping me. So yeah. I think I was extremely burnt out. And that's why I just needed that break. And it was like a year and a half. Like, I'll run into people now. And they're like, Alicia, like, where have you been? Yeah. <laughs> like, off the grid. I had to take that yeah. break for myself. Because if I was... I don't think I would have ever stopped saying yes to stuff. Mm -hmm. I would always been like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I can be here. And sometimes the biggest way to cure yourself from that is to literally stop multiple things that's happening in your life so you can actually rest and take that time. Because taking a couple days off, that's not going to help if your everyday schedule is work, 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 work. So I was incredibly burnt out after I was done from like, what, 16 to 21, that's like 2016, 2017, 2021, 2022. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I needed that break. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so real. That's what it's And that guilt is, the guilt is insane. Um, I remember being away at school because I, I graduated high school in 2016. And so I went away to school and I wasn't here when Trump got elected. Mm -hmm. I wasn't here when, you know, like the footage was getting released. I wasn't here like when all those things were happening. I'm seeing like, you know, people I know, like, getting rocked in the streets or whatever the case is, or, like, you know, and I was, like, damn, like, I feel so, like, it made me, like, depressed. I felt so useless. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, you're trying to get a degree, like, you know, yeah. like, you, and I was so broke, I was, like, I can't even get your degree. Right. I'm going to back to the city. <laughs> right. I'm to back to the city, man. Like, <laughs> Right, it's like, I what can you like, actually do in that moment? Exactly. Right. I was like, I got $5 towards the movement, y'all. I can't even make it back. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. that doesn't make you useless. That doesn't yeah. make you. But, I mean, there's also people who will turn around and be like, where the hell were you at? And it's mm -hmm. like, I'm so sorry and that I wasn't there. are there. those people yeah. who will do that. Exactly. Um, yeah. But that's very real. I'm also very happy that you've taken that time. Yeah, I think that, like, you. our bodies, um, you know, isn't there a book called Our Bodies Keep the Score? Is that what it's yeah. called? Trauma Keeps the Score. Something like that. Something like that. Something like that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And that's so real. Like, you're glowing. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 literally these, like, years in our life, like, the decisions that we make at this time that impact the life that we live when we're older, right? It's like, oh, I have, like, migraines or whatever the case is because of, like, concussions that I've had or whatever the case is. It's like, we have to pay attention to the way that we manage our bodies and like care for yeah. ourselves so that we're not dealing with it 30 years down the line. So yeah. mm -hmm. it takes people time to figure out. So I'm very happy yeah. that, Thank you. you know yeah. what I'm saying? You've, yeah. you've gotten to that place. So I want to ask, do you think 
mentally it's healthy for folks to start organizing at a young age? Like, what's the middle ground? I don't ever want to say that it's not healthy because I do believe a lot of our leaders, when we look back, like when you talk about the Black Panthers, they were all very young. Young as hell. And, you know, I always think, like, I'm very grateful to them for when they started at their age. Mm -hmm. And I just think that, like you said, like, what's the middle ground? I do think that there are certain things that I don't want to, because, again, I think ageism and adultification was something that was very, like, um, present in a lot of spaces when I was coming up. Mm -hmm. But I do think for me to be so young and for me to have gotten the amount of responsibilities that I had or, like, what you had to do as a <clears throat> youth organizer can definitely be very taxing. Mm -hmm. And I think that there should be something that's like, okay, young people, we should be doing X, Y, and Z, but, like, don't expect us to do the rest of the alphabet for you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> don't expect us to do everything else. Other, like, what, 23. <laughs> have us come here, you know, especially, mm -hmm. you know, if we aren't getting, like... I always think for me, I would be in school and then I would be for the rest of the night at a bunch of actions. Mm -hmm. Not really enough time to do homework for real. Yeah. And I'm like a sophomore, junior in high school. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of just like dynamic in terms of the time that I have to still be a young person that mm -hmm. I feel like does age you. And by like 19, I felt grown as hell. I was yeah. like... I'm 19, I've been organizing for this many years, I'd be out at midnight at City Hall, like, mm, yeah. <laughs> that's been my life for a couple couple years at this point. So I do think that there should be a middle ground, because I don't think that we should put so much responsibility on young people, mm -hmm. especially when older people, and even, like, the age that I'm at now, like, adult, young adult, I don't know what 22 would be classified as, mm, I don't know what confusing. that is. Confu it is. It's a confusing, confusing time. <laughs> but I feel like there's stuff that, like, we can do mm -hmm. that can take the load off of younger people, especially, yes. you know, if we're out of college, if we're not like working super hard, you know, there's stuff that we can do to help. And I feel like coming up, we didn't have that help all the time. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, you're an organizer. I don't care if you're 15, you're going to lead this march. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to lead this action. You're going to lead this, whatever it is. So I do think that there should be a middle ground because I don't know it. it I feel like everybody I know who started organizing young is always like, I just wish we had more breaks. Yeah. I just wish everything wasn't so stressful. So mm -hmm. I definitely think that there should be people and like younger adults or adults who are in these spaces that make sure that kids don't feel like they're growing up too fast while doing organizing work. That's real. Yeah. And to also give like insight, obviously not to infantilize folks, but to just be like, yeah. you know, if you would like my advice, like I think you should go home. Like there have been yeah. times where mm -hmm. like, you know, we were outside and I was like, it's okay if it's you go okay home. If you want to leave, you can. Yeah, like, I'll call you an Uber. Like, you should yeah. go home. Like, that's okay. I also, um, and I know that it's, like, hard for folks to f maybe figure out, like, okay, well, how do I, like, so show support or take some of that weight off of young people? And it's yeah. simply just being, like, you don't have to figure out everything on your own. Like, mm -hmm. we are actually here, like, to help and not just to be, like, you are the poster child for the movement. Exactly. I am going to stand back mm -hmm. here or sit in my car, like, yeah. um, and telling them, like, no, it's okay to take a break. I wish when I was younger I got told, Alicia, don't do this action today. Alicia, you don't have to write this. Yeah. Alicia, don't do this. I got told mm -mm, mm -hmm. list of things to do. And I think that if I had somebody who was even a few years older than me that's like, Alicia, don't worry about this. 
Alicia, mm -hmm. worry about a college application. Mm -hmm. Alicia, do this. Worry about something that is like... Come on. <laughs> worry about something else. So I think that that's also something like just telling them, you don't have to do this. Yeah. Go have fun. Yeah. Go to homecoming. You don't have to. Like, yeah, go do fun okay. stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's so real. That's very real. Um, also, like, you know, I, I remember... Um, having somebody pull up to an action and being like, oh, it's good to see you here. They're like, I'm here to make sure you have a ride home. I was like, right. mm -hmm. damn, like, thank okay. you. Like, <laughs> I was like, thank you. Like, I appreciate yeah. that. Mm -hmm. That's so real. Um, yeah, I don't think that young people shouldn't organize. I just think that that support is like what changes, you know, the, the load that's on folks' shoulders. Yeah. Um, so how have you reimagined how you show up in organizing spaces? Uh, I definitely have kind of taken, not control, but I've definitely understood what I'm able to do and what I'm not able to do anymore, mm -hmm. just in terms of like capacity-wise. Um, I'm just not like, also I, too, because of just like traumatic experiences that I've experienced from organizing work, mm -hmm. I can't do like protests mm -hmm. and actions and mm -hmm. like being like in the streets of downtown. I've just went through a lot. Like mm -hmm. I can't relive a lot of those moments. And yeah. at first like, when I would tell people, oh, like, I don't really feel like popping out to this, and I would feel bad, I'm just like, no, like, some of y'all wasn't there yeah. when shit went down. Yeah. Like, I don't feel comfortable being in those spaces anymore. And not making myself feel bad about that, because mm -hmm. there's stuff that, like, I would never, and I think this is something that people bring up, too, like, everybody has their role mm -hmm. when we do organizing work. And I feel like people say that, but they don't mean it for real when mm -hmm. it comes to actually making sure that people feel comfortable doing work. Yeah. And so like a lot of those spaces I just don't go to. I love going to like community events and community gatherings because mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that I personally missed out on was actual like community building mm -hmm. and organizing spaces. I feel like we were so focused on actions, rallies, oh, let's do this, protest this, that like, I don't know, like I didn't really leave with a community of folks yeah. now that I don't do that level of organizing work. Mm -hmm. So I'm really focused on like building community because I think that that's also important. We saw after 2020, like after everything kind of went down, people don't really care too much anymore. Yeah. And I think that's because a lot of it was we were so focused on like actions, actions, doing this, doing this, that you could have a thousand people out of action and you don't know anybody's name yeah. and you leave like not knowing anybody that she was just standing next to mm -hmm. chanting and cheering with. So I think now I'm really big on like we're going to do an event, a screening, a artist workshop, a collage, something where like you can leave an event and you're like, I just left knowing five more people yeah. that I can call that's like minded that I know is a friend that I can trust, a community mm -hmm. member that I can trust. So doing that and then also I've always really been really big for mutual aid work because I also feel like that is a really big backbone mm -hmm. that I feel like when we were doing a lot of our like actions and protests we were always like okay but we need to make sure that we have this so that yeah. way people are fed people are good people have resources to get home people know that they can reach out to us if they need something in the future so community building and mutual aid work are like two of kind of like the lanes that I've kind of like put myself in now that I am doing organizing work again but Doing it in a way that's not like re-traumatizing myself because mm -hmm. I have to respect my body. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that is so real. Um, I like agree with that so much, and I think that those components are 
so important to the movement or the work as well. It's not just like standing outside, you know, yeah. um, which is still important too. And yes. at that Very time, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And at that time, that was that was that, that, that was, that was me. Like exactly, that was your role. That was your role. And yeah, I feel similarly. Like um, I you know I got injured in a way that like has progressively impacted me. But I'm like I still want to feel. I still not even want to feel. I still think that this work is very important, yes. um, whatever that is, and like how can I use what it is that I enjoy? Because yes. now that thing is not enjoyable. Because there's a sense of like, you, I I did enjoy protesting. Like I did enjoy mm -hmm. that type of work, even though it was hard and even though it was not fun. I'm not here for fun, but it's right. like I feel equipped to do this. And now that that yes, has changed, that's the word, right? It's like, exactly. like I can do this. Exactly, now, I can do this, and I, I'm I willing like, to. And I can't, and I can do something else. Right. You know what I'm saying? I can work out a little newspaper. Right. I can, you know what I'm saying? I can, you know, make sure everything's right. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Community builder is literally my yeah. title at Southside Weekly because I'm just like, how do we? Um, and I'm keeping that in the back of my mind because I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna have to chop it up with you. But that work is still important. It yeah. also is kind of um, sometimes can be disheartening to see that like. I think the adrenaline that comes from protesting is very like addictive yes. and um, yeah. everybody outside for this thing, but like who is at the vigil? That's something else. Yeah. Ooh. Who is at the vigil? Who Listen. is at the food drive? Yeah. Who is at, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Who is like, what, what other ways are we servicing the community communities that we are yeah. organizing for and around? And as somebody who was at a lot of those yeah. all the time, I would see the difference in crowds. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm always just like, you can protest forever. But like, what's gonna happen after? Yeah. Like when the people that you're protesting for are now trying to raise money to do whatever or trying to do some community event, are you going to that too? Yeah. Like it's just being all around. That I'm sorry. Let me. No, no. But yeah. No, no. That's okay. Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that's very real. We can talk about it. Right. It's yeah. And that's no offense to people. I I understand the frame of mind that makes people organize the like importance and value yeah. in that way it's the fact that like you know you want to feel like you're a part of something and maybe you don't see passing out groceries is riveting but i promise it's you can make it fun yes you, you can, can make because we be turned right we, we be turned can make we anything turned. fun <laughs> the papers be getting passed out and we be turned um so yeah i just implore people to think about it that way too like just think about what it is that you are also passionate about and what you can do to add to the movement in other ways as well. Yeah. And like, don't like literally don't kill yourself thinking you can only protest. Thing, right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, that's beautiful. So um, has, has there ever been a time where you were like, why am I doing this? After summer 2020 and it was like going into 2021 after that summer. And I think what felt like was about to be like something mm -hmm. i think because everybody who was on the front line experienced something like incredibly traumatic we all kind of had to take a step back and i think at that part i was just very like hopeless mm -hmm. winter kicked in everybody's kind of like isolated we were still doing like mutual aid work but a thousand people out of action turned into 10 people. You can't get nobody to come outside yeah. after that summer. And it was just yeah. very hard, especially, you know, being there pre-2020 mm -hmm. and seeing that it was the same numbers after that summer. Yeah. People were not coming to stuff unless it was like something that was super big. Mm -hmm. But seeing the numbers just drop like that and people coming to the understanding that people are like, okay, that was fun. 
Yeah, back to my Now life. we can go outside yeah. and go eat and go do this. Cause and I the think and the pandemic's yeah. done. Yay! Like, like yeah. <laughs> everything's done. I don't really care about protesting anymore. So I think when that happened, it was like, okay, mm -hmm. we lost numbers. People weren't coming to stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. You couldn't really get people to come out, no matter like what you did. And people just didn't think that it was cool. Like mm -hmm. uprisings made organizing cool and niche and I'm gonna make my sign and post my black square on Instagram and make everybody feel good and happy. The quickest way to get blocked. <laughs> the quickest way to get blocked. I was like, what is, don't tag me in this. Like, I'm not gonna post this with you. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so after that all happened, I was just like very depressed. Um, it kind of just felt like, okay, back at square one. And that was when the start of like the burnout really kicked in. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, like we just did all this work, all these actions, everyone's making these orgs, making these coalitions. Everybody gets messed up that summer. And now it's like, okay, well, we we're defeated. Yeah. <laughs> like now, so I would say that is the point where it just really felt like years and years and years, we get to this climax. It doesn't really work the way we thought it would. And now it's like, okay. Now organizing is not fun. Now it's not cool. Now everybody who was attracting and bringing people to these spaces have also abandoned those spaces and don't circulate in those rooms anymore. Now we're like, now organizing is like boring again. Mm -hmm. And people who have been doing that work are back to just like <laughs> being like, I don't know, kind of just left without any hope that, and it honestly still has not really kicked back up yeah. since then. Yeah, yeah. that's so real. Um, and also like, we experienced this really interesting anomaly where people were opening their pocketbooks and pouring money like on the movement, which granted, you know, n not always like it didn't fix everything, but it was very helpful to be like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we need to raise mutual aid funds. And like folks were yeah. like, yeah, exactly. And we're throwing it. And, you know, as you know, someone who like we started doing, cause I was like, how, how am I supposed to redistribute all this money? Let me right. gather a couple friends and like try and see if we can, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If we can get some help to do this. And it just got so hard for us to, after that continue to store that, but people still needed bread. Like people yeah. were still hitting us and being like, do y'all have any money yet? And we're like, no one's, no one cares anymore. Yeah. Like, sorry. No one cares anymore. And like, I mean, yeah, and people started, you know, like being a little fraudulent as well. But oh. like <laughs> got a little but, shaky after yeah, that summer. It, it also got a little shaky too. But like, yeah, I was like, sorry, nobody cares anymore. I um, guess black lives don't matter anymore. I guess I'm they sorry. don't. Yeah. The summer's done. Exactly. Um, and so I'm sorry if you didn't get your fridge this summer, you're not gonna get it. I don't know. Like <laughs> I cannot help you. That's um, literally what yeah, that yeah. is exactly what that felt like. <laughs> yeah. Everyone stopped giving money. Nobody cared. And it was like, yeah, okay. Now all of babies done. don't need pampers? Like, what's ha what's ha what happened? <laughs> babies are still being born. Exactly. Like. <laughs> They're still being born and they still don't have no money. Yeah. Um, And so that's super disheartening, too, because it's like, you don't want to give up. You know, you don't, you don't want to give up. But it's like, what am I supposed to do? I can't. Yeah. I literally cannot, like, push this train on my own. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask, how, how have you continued to protect yourself through, like, self-care? Like, what are some things that you do? You talked about re-entering the artistic space as well. I think, you know, I mentioned earlier, doing organizing work for so long, you end up losing a big part of yourself. And I was just very lost. I didn't really know who Alicia was, what I was supposed to be doing. I also felt like there were times where I wanted to get back into a lot of art spaces, but I felt like because I took 
such a big break from them. I'm like, I can't start acting now. You know, I could have went to school for acting. I didn't go. I didn't go for a lot of other reasons. The pandemic helped to like stop that. <laughs> but then, you know, I didn't really get told to consider going to school because I was organizing. <laughs> so I was doing a lot of stuff. So I think that, you know, taking that break and finding the time to re-find out who Alicia was and who I am now being older and what that means for me has just been very helpful. Um, so getting back into arts, I mean, like I paint, I make jewelry, like, you Did know. Did you make these earrings? I make, I make the earrings. They're so cute. Know, like, I make the earrings. Like, like, I'm just looking at them this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> They're so cute. So getting back into that has just been super helpful because, you know, like, I'm sure you know, like we mentioned earlier, like when everyone's expecting you to work, 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 when do you have time to write that poem that's not for an event? Mm -hmm. When do you have time to write that poem that's not, I'm going to go to this action? Like I used to have poems where I just didn't write anything else unless I knew I could go to an action and hear some snaps. Yeah. And I feel like that's just so bad. Mm -hmm. like, that's so toxic of a way to view creating art is, okay, I know I might go somewhere and they might ask me to perform, so let me not make a poem that's good to me, but a poem that I know is performance ready. Yeah. That's just not a natural way of creating stuff. So I think being able to take that break from organizing from just like any expectations that's not like, are my bills paid? Mm -hmm. Can I live comfortably? Okay, that's all I need to do. Yeah. I don't need to do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna lay down. I'm gonna lay down. <laughs> I'm gonna lay down today. I'm gonna take two hours to make some stuff. So I think that taking that break, like literally forcing myself to not go to stuff and then having that time to get back into art, I think is very important because my art was all about organizing, mm -hmm. social justice, movement work. And I think naturally, like I said, I've always kind of written in that way or talked in that way or made stuff in that way, but it wasn't for this. It just so happened to be, oh, I can write something about this. I can make this. But when it turned into everything I was doing was this, 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 this. And like, I think that's great, that's beautiful. But when it's not coming from a passion of I want to do this versus I have to do this, mm -hmm. it kind of loses that touch. So getting back into that space of creating art that's for me, that also just so happens to work mm -hmm. for a movement space has been very important. That's very real. And I think um, especially like the culture of slam poetry also like adds to that, yes. added to that a lot too. <laughs> yes. but. Yeah, I started writing silly poems, like funny poems. And funny, like, funny poems. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, I want to talk about, I want to laugh. I want to giggle or whatever the case is. Uh, that doesn't mean that the work that I was creating before wasn't important. But right. like, what type of work do I actually yes. like making? Mm -hmm. Regardless of if niggas think it's funny or cool. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and I recently asked, got asked to do a poem or some poetry in a social justice space like I'm performing uh, later this month and I had to like dig in the archives a little like you I had to dig in the archives a little bit I was like wait I ain't wrote a poem like this in a poem while like this way yeah, I was right. like let me just scroll back in my notes yes. so I was like um yeah and yeah I was like okay I'm not mad at that I'm not mad at that at all um what does folks supporting you feel like like what does actual support feel like um I think now that I have rediscovered what I kind of like want to do in this world. Mm -hmm. I think before support was like, oh, you're not coming to this action, then like, you don't love me. Mm -hmm. You don't like black lives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, obviously being very dramatic. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I was always like conflating support for the movement mm -hmm. with like myself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when people came to an action 
and I'm going home and I don't have any food to eat. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, like you came to that, but I'm coming home to nothing. Yeah. And I, I just feel like something should be fixed about this. Mm-hmm. So I think now supporting me as somebody who has created a healthy boundary between doing organizing work, but then also making sure that Alicia is happy and living and thriving mm-hmm. and feels supported, supporting the work that I do. Mm-hmm. So like, I run um, a collective that's called Undoing Our Erasure uh, that's been running since like 2020 and I do like different events but like kind of like artist events or like fun Mm. events so like stuff like that or even just like I'm a poet um, I make art supporting that Mm -hmm. and I think that that's how I feel good like I had a show um, a couple months ago and people came to that I was like, wow, like, that's cool. Yeah. People came and they saw my art. I didn't have to do a long speech or put together a big presentation for people to say, oh, we should thank you for your work. Think that mm-hmm. when you do organizing work, it's not for you. But like, it takes a lot of energy to like yeah. put presentations together, put work together, and you're just doing it, doing it, doing it. And mm-hmm. no one's being like, you're doing a good job. Yeah. So I think now hearing you're doing a good job when it's stuff that I have a personal connection to, is just like the biggest form of support for me. Yeah. Like, say that I'm doing a good job because you like this painting that I made, mm-hmm. or you like this poem that wasn't me screaming and crying about the pain that I've suffered. So yeah. I think supporting Alicia in what I do, mm-hmm. and not, oh, you did this presentation? That's cool that you do that. Mm-hmm. But like, just like appreciating my own skills, my own talents, without me having to like put on a show for you to appreciate it. And I think it's it's hard to express that because you don't want to tell people that you want them to appreciate you, but it would be nice if they did. Right. right. <laughs> I don't want to tell you that you should say thank you. I just, but you should though. Right. Like, you know, and I will say thank you. No. Like you've done a lot of amazing, you. <laughs> you've done a lot of amazing work. And I like look up to you in that way in many ways as like thank an artist you. and as a poet, but like, it's also just crazy because like, when I heard you do poetry, I was like, are you a theater kid? I was like, there's something so like the artistry behind this, like these words, yeah. like what you're saying is also amazing. But I was like, why do I feel like you can sing? Like, <laughs> or whatever the case is. I'm like, you know, yeah. and I think that, um, yeah, I just implore people that if they are inspired by or influenced by, or just like, feel anything as a result of the work that other people are doing whether it's making art or standing in front of people and speaking mm-hmm. like Tell say them. thank you yeah. say thank you <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Just give them their flowers literally yeah. people are always saying that but nobody ever actually do it where the fuck the flowers at right. like <laughs> everybody's literally. always retweeting the tweets but don't ever go buy the flowers right um so yeah i just want to say thank you yeah um and lastly, but definitely not least, you touched on undoing our erasure. Um, talk to me about the type of work that y'all are doing and why you created that platform. Yeah, sure. So I created Undoing Our Erasure in 2020. This is like March, right before everything kind of like blew up. So I did this without even really knowing <laughs> that stuff was about the to happen. Was right, the storm was coming. I didn't know. I was prepping for it. Yeah. And. That's that intuition. That's that intuition. Okay. <laughs> and I made it because a lot of people were talking about. Uh, the pandemic and how city officials were responding to the pandemic in like black and brown neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of people who before were never talking about, you know, food deserts or, oh, we should be getting money to make sure that 
people who are in neighborhoods that are most affected. And I was in Auburn Gresham. Mm -hmm. And at that time, we were like one of like the most like highest cases for COVID. Mm -hmm. So I saw a lot of people also in that community that were speaking out. And I was like, you know, this is work that we've been doing for a couple years. And I know a lot of young people who were kind of getting erased from a lot of those conversations. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, oh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. And I'm like, I got people who can talk about that. Yeah. And we can <laughs> let you know. So Under an Erasure, just started off as a podcast mm -hmm. and I brought on like a few people um who was like one of the first guests Jalen Jalen Kobayashi actually said this is Jalen Jalen that's a shout out Jalen <laughs> and so you know we would just talk about not even just about the pandemic but life as a student organizer um life as being like a young black person in performing arts spaces mm -hmm. just because I feel like youth at that time were getting erased from a lot of these conversations mm -hmm. and especially younger people who were already working and talking about a lot of this stuff. And then once the uprisings happened, that kind of shifted gears. Mm -hmm. And I would have loved to talk to people. And sometimes I look back and I'm like, we should have all just been talking or doing something or not always outside. Mm -hmm. It would have been good to have moments where we did like sit down and like think and talk about stuff. But once that happened, things shifted. And at that moment, that's when I got into doing um, education, so programming, so I would make workshops and teach workshops based on a lot of the stuff that was happening, so like letting people know uh, the difference between like reform and abolition, what is doing a lot of like budgeting workshops to talk about like the city's budget at that time, and that kind of became the thing for Under an Eye Erasure was like radical education and doing it in a way that's accessible for everybody where people can leave the space and they feel comfortable enough to say, okay, I went to this workshop, I now know what it means where we're talking about abolition. I now know where it means, if I'm not at that point yet, what it looks like to defund the police. Yeah. And so that then shifted into doing like mutual aid work, because um, I, at that time, also uh, put together the grocery delivery that Mackenzie Scott, if she ever sees this... Let's talk about it. If she ever sees this, <laughs> was inspired by that and did the whole like donation spree. And I wanted to also bring that into Under and I Erasure. So it was still a podcast, but then it grew into education, education program. Then it grew into a mutual aid program. Uh, then it kind of grew into wanting to spotlight and highlight different community organizers, activists, um, poets, performers, whatever that case may be, that is literally undoing the erasure that black people globally have experienced in movements culturally when it comes to like music and art, how does that kind of look up and appear? And more recently, I've been doing a mutual aid program that is called Radical Essentials for the Youth. And since September of last year, I've been providing like free books and art supplies to students throughout the city of Chicago, and also have brought back the podcast too, which has been super cool. So yeah, a lot of programming that is geared to providing resources to black people globally with a focus in Chicago, because period. Um, but a lot of resourcing to black youth uh, and just kind of creating a space where people who might have experienced being erased from a conversation or feel like they don't really have a platform to speak on something that under an erasure is a space to go to where you're getting mutual aid resourcing, but then also like affirming your existence because I feel like people need beautiful. Uh, how can folks support undoing our erasure? Yeah, sure. You can definitely follow us on IG. It is Undoing Our Erasure on Instagram. 
Uh, I recently hosted a movie screening for In Our Mother's Gardens, and then we did a collage workshop. I'm going to be doing another screening then. It's going to end in like a photo kind of workshop kind of thing. So that's going to be super cool. So if anybody's interested in like going to that event, uh, we're still doing uh, the kits. And I've like also upped the ages for some of them. Uh, so that way the youth can also go up to like 25. And there's like books that's catered to kind of like that age demographic. Um, but yeah, just following and supporting the work and coming out. Uh, there's going to be like another book club that's going on. Uh, I also host like writing workshops. Jalen was hosting like a rap workshop during that. So just follow because there's going to be events and stuff that I can post about. So yeah, just following under your night. Period. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Well, that's all I've got for you. You are so extremely well-spoken, but that's thank literally you. a tale as old as time. So thank you for <laughs> making the time to come on this episode of Shit Talks. That's all I got for y'all. Once again, I'm your host, Naira. Yes. This is Alicia. <laughs> Peace.